The views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. As always, this show is just a bit of crack, lads, so please, no giving out. Game podcast where we talk about all things American football around this little country. Now. I'm your host, Joe Kinahan. Right. I am. Um, football happened. Yeah. A lot of surprising football happened since we've been gone so many surprises and then also like looking forward as well like this weekend is stacked I say we go we go back to the future with it we we start in the future start in the future we'll, we'll go from we'll, we'll, uh, we'll preview the July 10th games okie dokie and kind of go from there Um. so yeah when was actually the last time we recorded was it before the May 15th games is that right it was before yeah it was it was before the May 15th it was before the May 1st so on the 1st of May we like the I mean from the upset I think so far the Panthers and the Admirals I mean it's going to be a hard hard not to just go immediately to that one because I mean I don't I you you actually did all right on that one I have to say because what you'd said in the last podcast kind of it kind of like it, it aged well because we were kind of saying okay we don't know how the admirals are going to do like like the likes of the rebels and um ucd are actually maintaining that they're they're a very good team they just haven't kind of got going on offense but that their defense was like is very very strong and we had predicted we had to predict two weeks worth of football and you had kind of said in terms of the admirals and the cowboys that it really depends on how the Panthers game goes that if the Admirals play well uh, against the Panthers then they'll probably play well against against the Cowboys do you know I think we still had predicted the Cowboys or the the Panthers to win that game but I mean what a return to form for Cork Admirals and what a return to form for Stephen Hayes as well yeah and it's funny like we'd kind of I don't want to say we bashed them but you know we'd kind of said you know first two games output wasn't good obviously not scoring points in either of them either of the first two games so you know a bit of doubt there wondering what's going on but to be fair to them they've really picked up they've scored uh, more than 20 points in the last two games yeah uh, each yeah so you know that that's especially over here that that's more than likely going to win you a football game yeah Um, he's been productive like you know but they, in fairness, the, the whole offense has been going. You like name escapes me. The running back, Cork, uh, Philip Philip Walters. Philip Walters, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like against the the Panthers. He just ran all over them. Like he like he went off against the Panthers. He was fantastic. And you know, it's kind of one of those like we we had definitely predicted the Panthers to win this game. I think we had kind of I don't know. You kind of got a sense that the Admirals were in some way potentially going to come on the rise and the Panthers were kind of losing a bit of momentum but I just don't I just don't think he, he would have thought it to that extent <laughs> like do you know what I mean yeah but I know that we'd, we'd also said like that that game was really going to come down to like Panthers offense versus Admiral's defense and I think that that kind of was true to form in that like their defense was just all over 
all over the offense like a rash like the the offense just didn't get going like for Panthers at all it was just a bad day at the office for them like you know Panthers defense funny enough was was actually quite good like the only score coming from Joe Buchanan there on, on the safety and it held out for a long time but you know when when your offense isn't like isn't making first down very hard defense to keep a team out the end zone that's it and it's between that and the turnovers like when you're when you're only having to go short field it's a lot easier to score points and it's a lot harder for defenses to stop score stop offenses from scoring like if you look at just how like productive that defense has been I, I tied it up the other day and I can't remember now for like it, it's more than 10 I think it's around 12 interceptions yeah yeah. give or take one or two in the four games yeah they had five against the Panthers like it's it's ridiculous just how like they're all playing Madden with ball hawk on yeah <laughs> that's exactly what they're doing no I mean it's it's absolutely sick but the other thing is is that and it's something we actually missed in the last um, in the last podcast was that this was a revenge game and like I had actually forgotten about that like this is a revenge game and like we were talking about it off off um, off recording which we have to stop doing but um, the <laughs> we, like how the Admirals had actually like not or the Panthers had knocked the Admirals out um, in the playoffs in 2019 and like back then the Panthers had no right to be doing that I think they were 4-4 four and four. the Admirals were undefeated the Admirals were something like the highest scoring team something like that they were ridiculous they were kind of the hot shots for the bowl in 2019 I think they won it in 2018 was the last time that they won it and yeah. it's just and the Panthers kind of out of nowhere like just deny them that I mean and so the Admirals in the same way that the Panthers had been ready for the Trojans coming into like 2022 the Admirals were ready for the Panthers <laughs> like, it's one of those things like revenge games just have they have a different energy about them like so that kind of was the kickoff of the Admiral season I feel like and uh, I, I just think we're going to see like great stuff from them now and it's pretty exciting as well yeah like especially you know after they lost their first two games you know there was a UCD and the Rebels and uh, you know maybe I, I, I know I kind of underrated the Admirals from there but like even then like to expect them to go to bounce back straight away not give up a score on defence in that Panthers game after the Panthers offense offense have been so kind of productive in those first few weeks like it's mad just how much how quickly they've caught on yeah I mean I don't want to say any schedule is easy but like they have their hard games out of the way with uh, I know they've I know the UCD game I think but they have one UCD game out of the way they have the Rebels out of the way they're playing all teams that are below them apart from the Panthers yeah after this so it's it's a it's looking good for the Admirals to pick up and maybe would say one or two wins in their next three games. Two wins in their next three games, I'd say, would probably all but seal them a playoff spot. So to have done that from starting 0-2 is, is, uh, is admirable. Do you think that the Admirals were the most underrated team in Premier 1? I, uh, oh, I don't know. I think coming into the season, no. Because, again, they had gone undefeated the previous year and they had gotten to the to the semi-final in the playoffs true 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 I think maybe especially compared to just how well they've done this year the Rebels were probably the most underrated team yeah 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 forget that oh my god things change so fast in this league I know but it's funny because like people would have only been saying that about the Rebels in 2019 mm. about how good they'd been before that yeah and then yeah. you know oh they go two and six or three and five or something it's like oh god you know they <laughs> they they got 
not all that good very quickly and now all of a sudden they're back 5-0 and oh, like probably in a playoff spot probably playing a game at home how how quickly they've bounced back crazy like you know and especially because actually like Ty Henry I think was um, nearly a hundred I'm so close to a hundred percent sure but sure that's when you end up being wrong but I'm like so close to 100% sure that Ty Henry was playing with them in 2019 because I'd heard the talk about oh they have an American QB they have an American QB and like as soon as you hear that you're like oh sure it's gonna be it's gonna be glass like yeah. <laughs> an American QB I think um, if I, I think Ty came over right before COVID yeah I think they had um, oh who did they have a QB Jack Fagan former under 20s oh, Ireland right. quarterback they had Jack Fagan a QB I think and I think Ty had come over right, like literally January or February or whatever it was, 2020. And again, because they, they'd posted, I remember the post about it. Said, oh, we've got, you know, Ty Henry coming in and a uh, uh, former college football quarterback and uh, played in Europe and stuff like that. And uh, there were articles on like American Football International about it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be really exciting now to see them going from a really bad slump of a season in their terms to having an American quarterback coming in. COVID did did COVID <laughs> it did that old that old thing that that thing that happened that we'll never speak of again what a brilliant season like I don't know I, I don't know maybe it's just because I'm talking about it a lot more this season than I did any other seasons but I just don't think that there has been a season like this before like dude, it's just upset after I'm so yeah I'm so upset in this season it's upset after upset like obviously um, in Division 1 Division 2 there's been some unfortunate uh, forfeits yeah and, you know, that yeah yeah has put a damper on some things but like everybody does whether it's the right thing to do or not everybody does look up to the Premier Division and put most of the focus on American football in Ireland on that division yeah. waiting from uh, like the start of August 2019 having to wait all the way up until March 13th 2022 I was afraid you know what maybe I've put too much hype into this it'll probably be a decent season <laughs> but I don't think there'll be any surprising upsets or anything I think the same teams will stay on top and I mean look now the Trojans are second from bottom Cowboys are not quite just yet, but kind of knocking on playoffs a little bit. Yeah. They can sneak their way in there. Again, as we, we already talked about the Rebels, UCD are on fire. And I don't know, it's been a been a wild season. I'm like, I'm really happy with how the Premier Division is shaped up because you can't predict anything. Like what we do at the end of these shows is just kind of stupid, really. <laughs> really, when you think about it, saying, oh, well, I think this could team. We don't like... How how are you supposed to predict with how things have gone this year? No. Like I like at this stage I would well I would be surprised if the Rhinos beat I don't even know they have at the end of the year. The Trojans say. Yeah, they're coming up against the Trojans like, next. It, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility at this stage, based on what we've had this season already. Yeah. Say that oh the Rhinos will beat the Trojans. Like you could not have said that. <laughs> you may have been like you would have been laughed out of any town you're yeah, in. Yeah, in what world? Like yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Like I'm I'm with you. Like it's kind of one of those where you're like, I don't know what to do with anything anymore. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh one thing like that I do think was pretty true to what you'd expect to happen, U C D Rhinos, so U C D finishing thirty seven, Rhinos six. I think that's kind of a return to the norm in in that game like it's kind of how you would expect that one to have played out rhinos in fairness now i do want to give them credit like that is a far better scoreline than it was at the start of the season i think as well you have to kind of like ucd are such a, a like a strong squad and like not only are they very well coached 
and very well disciplined, but like all their players are quality. Yeah. So yeah. if if you can't match that, you know, that intensity and, and numbers, obviously numbers comes into it. Um, and if you if you can't match that, it's only going to go one way, really. Yeah. They did hold pretty strong for a while. Like it was it was only it was it was twelve six at halftime. Yeah. I I saw that that, that halftime score come in, and I was thinking, I mean, surely not. <laughs> you're like you're like no. Don't no. don't hype yourself up for another upset, Joe. But uh, yeah, it didn't happen in the end. Imagine. But in, again, in fairness, like against against a team that isn't UCD, you know, the Rhinos have have improved. Damn. They were kind of the relegation favourites for me going into the year. Yeah. Right now, I wouldn't call it. Yeah, no. Just because it, it, it's it's too it there, there's too many variables that have uh, have already happened. Never mind what is what, what's down the line going to happen. Like you know, so. Uh, and I think uh, credit to the Rhinos, like they're focusing in on a lot of stuff that they need to focus on. They've said that that on defense, it's kind of like clicked clicked with them like and you like you see it in certainly in the first half of the games like where they're they're actually performing pretty well on on D then and then they've the likes of like Steve Mooney there who's um quarterback with them for years and then subsequently quarterback with the Panthers for a wee while and uh he is kind of helping them with their pass and then QB Ethan Foster then um really kind of coming on and um solo there is <laughs> I love I love using like players nicknames like as if we know them like do you know what I mean oh you yeah. know solo like do you know what I mean um yeah, uh, I, I don't know I don't know I, I gotta give a shout out to I, I can't remember his name actually but I remember Socks was sent into us. Is it a Rhinos player? It's a Razorbacks player. Uh, Jamie Socks Larmer. That might be. That actually like is. I, I don't know what to think of that nickname. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what I'm doing with it. Like, like what? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to whoever whoever coined that nickname for Jamie, I guess. Um, and I hope to be I hope to be seeing more socks on the on the stat sheet <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And then do you know who I also want to give a shout out to? And it's something that you said about the players and the balance of players is the UCD running backs, right? So the, the, those two rookies that we've mentioned before, um, Sean McVie and uh, is it, what is it, Jack Finnegan? Is that the other one? And yeah. like two touchdowns apiece in that game. Like I think Sean McVie is actually technically the starter there. How could you pick a, like which one is better or which one is more productive? Like, you know what I mean? They're really like splitting, splitting touchdowns, splitting snaps, like very, very well. Like in both of them rookies, like it, it's, I, it's actually class. Like, and even on defense, like UCD are just friggin' like phenomenal. Like they're just, they're a master act this year. Like they, they really, really are like. Dangerous game to play with this, with the type of year we've had. It'd be very hard to convince me otherwise that the Shamrock Bowl is going to be or is not going to be UCD and the Rebels. Yeah. Just with, like, they've been, like, those teams have been on fire and they haven't let up, like... Yeah, they haven't I mean, it's before. weird, like, when you when you look at it, UCD's closest game was at the start of, start of the year and since then they've just ran through teams. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of scary... And to be honest, I wouldn't want to be either of the teams in the three or four seed because, you know, definitely on paper, at the moment, they're looking like clean losses. Like some some years you can say, oh, well, you know, the, the two seed maybe could get upset because, you know, maybe it's like a five and three team and then a four and four or like six and two and five and three or whatever. UC, like UCD or the Rebels, either one is probably going to go in seven and one yeah. and only having lost to the other. whoever's number one. Yeah. So like it's uh, like they've just been 
running through teams. Yeah. And again, that kind of goes back to what you were saying about the defense as well. Like not just not just the quarterback or not just running backs or wide receivers. It's like the guys who get no mention should be mentioned just as much. Yeah. Just because of how how dominant they're they're being. Like you know. Do you know what I like about both UCD and the Rebels? Right, is that they're similar in the amount of weapons they have you know what I mean and how balanced they are so it's kind of like in terms of like wide receivers like for UCD of Sean Douglas I mean he and uh, Keen Lawler like they're both very productive but I mean the UCD have a depth of wide receivers like it's just they're not necessarily like being captured like Tom Donovan is friggin doing great yeah. like there's a few of them that actually have like quite a few yards that just not might not necessarily get the score and play uh, you know ah come on like you know pass to him when you know you're gonna score like, do you know what I mean? like don't, don't be at it like you know but similarly with the rebels it's like um in terms of like wide receivers like you have greg johnson there who was back for the last game which is brilliant delighted to see him him healthy enough to play and hopefully that will continue for the season he's this kind of deep over the top like threat against any team um there for the rebels and then you also have like dave king like young another young wide receiver there and he's a bit more dynamic in that he can go in slot he can go wide receiver he can take the ball running as well you know he he's kind of doing doing he tends to go off when greg johnson isn't there do you know what i mean like uh ty henry seems to kind of favor the the deep bomb he knows how to set it up so that it's there but then he equally knows how to adjust when Greg Johnson isn't there and that's when you see Dave King kind of really really go off and two young players coming up like through the youth team there for the Rebels Ty Henry then also very strong in terms of running himself and also has like Wello there in the backfield who's just you know you don't even you don't even say anything about Wello he scored like what like Four, four touchdowns there in his last game like just I mean that's yeah. that's just a silly number of touchdowns like who is scoring four touchdowns in a game himself and Brennan Sims scored four in his game was that game one and then who is there anyone else who scored four touchdowns in one game I don't think so I think it's just Wello and and Sims because uh, maybe like quarterback throwing five but actually scoring them yeah. it'd be it'd be just uh, them be well on Sims on four and that, that's there above the rest of the pack I think yeah that's the four touchdown club uh, and then like you know in terms of defence then like both have like stacked defences as well like um, you know the Rebels like obviously like you've Conrad Cook Rex Harding is a, is a player that we have not mentioned and he needs to be mentioned yes. way more and again he's another another person from this rookie class like from the youth team coming up like I think if ever there was like you know marketing to be said for starting youth football in your club it's the Rebels 2022 team like do you know what I mean because that's where they've all come from up through their youth the youth team but Rex Harding is just he's class he's he's unreal like do you know what I mean like I don't know how else to like, describe he's, him he's too good or he's too young to be as good as he is yeah and that's the thing like he's only been playing I guess it probably now is like a like a full twelve months of football. Yeah. Like that is it, it's just ridiculous. Like how how quickly he's caught on to the game. Yeah. And how much of an impact he's made because I I know um like obviously Dylan Paisley has come down with a load of picks as well. That's the thing, and it's hard to shine opposite Dylan Paisley. Like, but I mean, he is anyway. Sorry, you go on. <laughs> just excited. But I'm just saying, like, it's like. Rex may not be getting as many picks just because of how well he's he's shutting down his receiver. Yeah. 
like when a quarterback knows say even a quarter of the way through the game it's like okay I'm basically looking away from this guy over here it's very hard to get interceptions like you know (laughs) (laughs) nope you're like look up nope next option (laughs) you definitely I mean like both are obviously fantastic and Dylan wouldn't be coming down with as many interceptions if he wasn't as good as he is but like when you have two star corners there you know it's it's hard to get the ball moving and and that's why the Rebels defense has been as strong as they've been like you know I think they're the um, number one ranked defense based on points scored yeah and then like you have Kenny McCarty there who's just like uh, you just have to worry about him everywhere like do you know what I mean <laughs> everywhere yeah but that's the thing like that, that's another guy who's co- like he's come down with sacks and forced fumbles and interceptions as well like uh, just it, again it's just a case of like you know this like both teams are just the Rebels and UCD are just unnecessarily stacked for UCD then in terms of defence I mean like Larry Doyle like that's just a name that has been so prominent in the league for so many years uh, Dan, Dan how do you say Dan verse you go for it Dan Verza Dan I'm so, we're, we're sorry for butchering your name in advance uh, Dan V no, I don't call him Dan V Dan <laughs> the, the one that, the one it. named man Dan that, that exactly yeah you, you know it's just those those three letters strike fear <laughs> straight into the hearts of every quarterback around Ireland exactly. for me now not to be going back to the Admirals but the Admirals are kind of emerging for me as like a dark horse like I kind of am excited for what what's going to happen there and then you, I don't think I don't really know if you can predict who's going to be like third and fourth seed like I would have thought maybe by game week three I might have thought like okay Rebels, UCD, Panthers, Cowboys, with Admirals probably just slightly missing out there. But, you know, it's hard to know now because the Cowboys are after losing to the Admirals, 22-13. The Cowboys have kind of lost a wee bit of form, I feel, and a little bit of momentum. And I think that that happened. I mean, I really think that UCD kind of knocked the sails out of them. But you would nearly have expected that. Like, Cowboys coming into 2022, okay, so they're a team that's after coming up from Division 1, have traditionally been a Premier 1 team. Took them, I think, what was it, like three three years to get to get back up after being rele- relegated. Um, I think they are proving that they belong in this, in this division. That's not in question. But it's one of those that, okay, Cowboys strategy this year should have been make playoffs. You know what I mean? We're coming into this. We're going to make playoffs. And they needed to pick the wins, you know, coming into a division that was pretty much against them. You know what I mean? Okay, so they could have said, right, going into this, we're going to obviously, like, do what we can do, you know, any given Sunday, but most likely going to lose against UCD. Like, do you know what I mean? That's just UCD are on fire. You know, we're most likely going to lose that. And then I think it was so important that they recover after that and they just haven't seemed to recover because you know at the same time that they needed a recovery the rhinos were coming out of three losses but really coming out of those losses feeling like they're after building something here and kind of starting to come together and then you know to come back and beat the cowboys that i think like shook the cowboys a wee bit they i they definitely weren't expecting to pick up a loss in that game and now they're after coming against the admirals the admirals beating them and suddenly what was looking a bit like a league that they could have made playoffs they can still make playoffs but it's it's just becoming a bit more uphill than what 
they should have really allowed it to become. You know what I mean? So they're coming against the Trojans. Um, this weekend. Why did it take me so long to say that? I knew it was this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're coming against the Trojans this weekend. And I mean, like this is a like must win for them. Like they need to win this game. And for me, I'm struggling to call this one. And the reason being is because at the start of the season, I would have said, I actually would have said that the Cowboys will beat the Trojans. And the reason being is that they had played them a few times against in 2021 and they'd done very well against them. They'd actually had a few convincing wins and their final game that they won against the Trojans, they actually won against like a lot of the Trojan starters. If anything, I would actually have expected the Cowboys to lose to the Knights but win against the Trojans because the Knights give the Cowboys a tough time on the line and the Cowboys have always said that whereas the Trojans don't give them the same difficulty on the line and the the Trojan secondary is actually weak enough it's a weak spot for them whereas the Cowboys wide receivers are strong do you know you've like Lewis Alberto who we mentioned nearly every episode and Peter Lochran who is I mean arguably their best player so you could kind of see okay like this is how the Cowboys are going to beat the Trojans but now they're coming into this game the Trojans aren't looking great this season but they're having their first home game the Trojans have played uh, okay, so they lost to the Panthers, but that was a revenge game, which we've said has different energy. You know what I mean? It's just a different yeah. thing. And revenge games. Revenge. I feel like they should count as more points. Yeah, they should actually. Yeah. If you win. Point, because you've yeah. proven points. You know what I mean? Like an, like, an, like an underdog bonus or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And um, so they lost against the, the Trojans. They lost against UCD. They lost against the Rebels. They're now at home and they've also like gone all out. They have you know they're putting on a show at home as well like you know they have that a big inflatable inflatables they have inflatables at this game and they have Hector now on their side as well Hector the the Trojan Hector is getting a lot of hate and a lot of roasting online like I think Hector is great to be honest I think it's I think it's all it's where we need to be going I think with how the Trojans have played uh, in the passing game on defense so far this year I think they could probably use Hector on the field (laughs) rather than on the sideline you've made a good point like both teams really need to win this like again going into again I kind of similar thinking to you because I thought at this stage in the year the Trojans would have had they would have been able to afford to lose a game and still make the playoffs I thought you know what again especially because I said how I underrated the Rebels so much I thought you know okay so the Trojans probably beat the Panthers and they probably play a tight one with UCD which they did Um, and they probably beat the Rebels so they were going to be 2-1 and they're going to be going into the back half of the year um, with an easier run of games than, than the first half. Yeah. So I thought they probably could have afforded to go 2-2 two and two and be in a really good position. But like they, they're 0-3. They're playing their first game at home after going winless. They're coming up against a team that is on a three-game losing streak and or know themselves that they need to win keep their playoff hopes alive like this is like a like I I wouldn't have really rated this game as much going into the year but like this is turning into like it could be a really really tough game just because of how how much both teams need to win yeah like they, they, like neither team can afford to lose now I thought again start of the year I thought Trojans could probably afford to lose here go two and two and probably win you know at least three of their last four if not the whole lot and still end up probably playing a playoff game at home but now you know based on how they started the season they could be lucky to get into the playoffs at all 
Yeah. And it, yeah. they can't do that un- unless they win this game. Yeah. Like if they if they if they go on four after unveiling a new logo and investing in a new mascot and investing in a massive inflatable helmet with a smoke machine. I think they could be I uh, like I wouldn't be looking forward to the to looking on, on online yeah for the next couple of days after and like that, that's not to say again something else we were talking about off camera that's not to say that we think these things are a bad idea I think a lot of people have kind of taken that stance it's a really good idea to get fans of the sport or even people around your area more invested by using these at the end of the day really fun looking uh, additions to the game day experience no totally but it's just cu- it's just coming at the wrong time the wrong time of a season like you know it, it is you know what it's one of those it's like I'm I'm glad that you're thinking that way because like it's it's one of those they're putting themselves out there like they're investing in the game it's it's class and that's it like it's actually class doing these things and like making the sport available to kids it's class I think it's deadly like but no matter what if they lose this game they're going to get absolutely roasted for that and they shouldn't care haters are going to hate like and that's it but the other thing is is they're going to pick up a loss at some stage and as soon as they pick up a loss Hector is going to get attacked like do you know what I mean that's just that's just the way it's going to be like I don't think that they should feel bad about that I think that they should know that like what they're doing is unreal everybody is going to follow that at some stage hopefully because it's development of the sport and I agree with you like definitely these plans were put in place probably through COVID years when they were coming off like what was it like their fifth their sixth like Shamrock Bowl like in the la- last few years like they they're like they were a very winning team probably expecting to win again you know it was definitely plans made by winning teams you know what I mean by a winning team yeah. but still like it wouldn't matter like it wouldn't matter they could they could win they could be winning all their games and they could do this and as soon as they lose like they're they're gonna get stuff said about them like they're gonna have probably like memes about them the memes they hurt like do you know what I mean they, they hurt they got so deep like do you know what I mean as, as you know as bad as the kind of backlash is gonna be about Hector I'm sure they're gonna be more concerned that if they do lose it's like okay well we are relying on multiple teams results now going for you know going our way because yeah. I think if they lose this game they, it's not in their hands anymore yeah yeah yeah. like yeah. They're, they're relying on teams to lose now instead of just depending on their own ability on the, on game day and that's just not their way would it be uncharted territory for them well certainly just for the, the players that are on the team now maybe not for the club uh, you know in a historical sense but like pretty much most every player in that team is probably not going to have been in a situation where they've started a year 0-4. Yeah. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how they finish the year for sure. Yeah. On on that note, on that happy note. <laughs> the final game that we, in Premier 1 at least, um, Premier 1, why do I always do that? Premier Division. Um, the Knights and the Rebels. So yeah, the Rebels, I mean, like, they've, they've fairly rolled over the Knights but the, and the Knights still haven't got their win but still 21 points is a, is a better kind of outing for the Knights that they've had in a wee while and uh, Marty Kasky is back and delighted to see him back and he's kicking very very well like he, he got all his all three of his uh, point afters so 
Yeah, look, I don't know what you do if you're a knight. What do you do for the rest of the season? I mean, they are they out? I think uh, I think they're all but out. I think as if the Cowboys win a single game over their last couple, then I think they're mathematically out because the Cowboys have a tiebreaker over them. Mm. I mean, I think at this stage you just start you you go about the rest of your season as if you're not in the playoffs. I think that'd be the healthiest yeah. thing to do instead of expecting or kind of clinging on to hope and thinking, oh, well, you know, we could we could make we could slip in through some miracle. I think you, if it, if that happens, it, it's only going to happen if you just let it happen instead of depending yeah. on it and hoping beyond hope. Like I'm trying to think who they have for the rest of the year. Is it the Trojans? They have the Rhinos at the end of the year. I know that much. They have the Trojans and. Yeah, next weekend they have the Admirals. They have the Admirals next week. Oh, yes, they, they travel to, to Cork, don't they? Yeah. It's one of those that at this point, like, if you're a knight, you just get as much as you can out the season. Like, enjoy it as as much as you can. Just going out and playing football, something that we haven't done for, like, two years at this stage. So yeah. I think that that is the focus that you have. You just get, like, everybody playing time, stuff like that, and just start building, well, you know, for the next. It's tough, because you, you can't... They're in a weird spot where, like, they can't, they can't really rest too much on their laurels because they need they need one win they might need two or they could be relegated oh true I think um, oh yeah if if they beat the rhinos see there's not there's too much there's too much uh, too many games left to try and say well if they get one win against this one team they'll probably be safe again we don't know how the Trojans the Trojans could be two and three by the time they play the Knights or they could be 0-5 it's really hard like you know yeah. you can't predi- project too far forward you do need at least one win if not two out of their last what was it three games so they have the admirals then the trojans and then the rhinos at the end of the season i mean just purely on paper if you can get if i mean if you, if you win that game against the trojans that's going to give you a massive boost for that last game that you'll need to win against the rhinos yeah. i think if they if if they go into that 0-7 they could be in trouble you know what that game against the Trojans is, right? That's that's just like a, it's the Belfast Knights versus the Belfast Knights from three years ago. Isn't like it? that is a revenge <laughs> game, exactly. Like, do you know what I mean? It it is like revenge games have different energy. Like, you just don't know. I think we should talk about like the history of revenge games in AFI. So, like, we have, I mean, like we have like this one this season. We've had like the Admirals and the Panthers, which we just saw. Um, let's say on the first of May, there we also had like the Panthers and at, and the Trojans, like Trojans at Panthers, which was a revenge game previously. We had seen what, what was the other one? What was the other revenge game? But let's say in two thousand and in nineteen, like we had a revenge game where you had like the Vikings, yes, and yeah. the Panthers playing. That was it. I mean, like the the Panthers were on form, and and the Vikings weren't. Like the Vikings got like they they actually didn't get relegated at the end of that season, but very close to it, and then what saved them from being relegated was that win over the Panthers I mean the Panthers appeared in the bowl and the Vikings beat the Panthers yeah I mean I, I don't think the I don't know that the Vikings won any any. I think they won against the Knights and, and that was it you know what I mean and that, and that was the difference but that was a revenge game like revenge games have different energy and teams that have no right to beat other teams like beat other teams in revenge games and that's that's how that goes so like the Knights and the Trojans could be an interesting an interesting one there because a lot has gone down since the last 
last time they met on the pitch. Yeah, and you know, obviously, it's a city, it's an inner city rivalry to begin with, anyway. So it's already yeah, it's already a, a rivalry game without adding without adding more stuff to it, like you know. So to have everything that's happened yeah. in the last couple of years on top of that, good luck to the refs, is what I'll say. <laughs> Good luck to the refs in that <laughs> exactly. one. Exactly. I don't know. When did that rivalry start? Like, I don't know if it was, if it started when the Carrick Fergus Knights became the Belfast Knights and the Belfast Trojans took that personally. Yeah. Or if it was there long before that. Um, I'd imagine with how close the teams were anyway, I'd say it was testy enough. I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure on how intense it was being a little young goss who, who was barely allowed in the sidelines most of the time uh, around that time but yeah I'm sure it'll be a, a, a testy enough game that's um, that's that that's kind of the past games coverage for Premier and a few of the upcoming ones but I think uh, before we go properly into kind of the the upcoming upcoming games and predictions and so on and so forth we've got Division 1 so UL Vikings and Vipers 10-10 so that I mean a, a draw is always an interesting one and you know what strikes me about this right is that this is an excellent result for both teams from this right because you have the Panthers sorry you have the Vipers traveling I mean the length of the country down to this game and not losing and then you have the Vikings coming up against against the Vipers who are a strong side in this division and not losing you know what I mean it's like it's actually a very good like result for both teams yeah and especially again when you kind of bring it down to closer to the end of the season trying to project you know maybe third or or fourth or even second seeds for especially for UL like that tie maybe a little bit more so for the Vipers than the Vikings could be what gets them in the playoffs not going say for example three and five instead of three four and one like that uh, that extra point could actually kick you up above the the Crusaders. Yeah, I am personally against all ties that aren't uh, you know that don't at least go to overtime. I think we. I think I. I understand why. Like most refs, just want to go home. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I would love even if it was like a college football style overtime where it's like okay, you're both on what is it the twenty yard line, twenty five yard line, and you just have to go twenty five yards to score, and it's basically like a penalty shootout t- style. And at least then it's not like another quarter. To be honest, like there, there's a lot of refs that that would that would do that happily because a lot of the refs, I mean, actually love football as much as as players. I mean, like that's why they do it. They love the game. For me, as a ref, definitely at the end of the game, I was like, okay, I'm I'm done. Like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> like I don't know for this shite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you'd be there, and like I get it, right? We all love giving out about the refs. I understand. I get it. But it's like you're there. You're up at the crack of friggin' dawn, and you get into the car to go travel two hours to a game, right? You've no petrol. You've no diesel when you get into the car, right? So you're like, well, feck it anyway. So you're like, right into the petrol station. You get your fuel. On you go. You have to be there. I can't remember if it was 90 minutes or two hours before kickoff. Now, this rule came in years ago when... I mean, refs love refing. Like, I tried to get this change. Like, I tried to be like, look, can can, can we do it more like the GAA lads? Like, <laughs> Where you turn up half hour late instead. Do you know, yeah, when you arrive when you arrive and then the game starts. So it's like, can we bring that model in? I tried to get a change. And in fairness to the, the boys in the officiating department, they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the purpose of of the hour and a half before kickoff was because back then teams did not know how to line out their pitch like every single game you were like you need to do this you need to do whatever credit to the teams that we have across AFI now that is a rare occurrence these days like they know what they're at gone are the days that you arrive to a pitch and they come up to you oh we've no change chains and you're like what do you want me to do about that like <laughs> like I can't help you with that you need to figure this out like do you know what I mean you have an hour and a half figure it out <laughs> but you know so you're there for that amount of time again it's gotten better but like for a long time like oh you didn't even have changing rooms you didn't like there'd be one changing room you're kind of coming in coming out swapping over swapping back all of this you're going out and you're playing it could be hail rain thunder whatever you're not running around the way how the boys out in the pitch are running out round you don't have that adrenaline you don't have whatever you have people shouting in your face for the whole game do you know what I mean that is how that goes it's stressful like your stress levels you the nervous system it doesn't be right like do you know what I mean <laughs> like it's an evolutionary thing if a grown man is shouting in your face like and he's taller than you and the thing is is that this isn't just this isn't just reserved to me like the refs tend to be a wee bit smaller than the players so this isn't just like my experience and there's a there's a grown up shouting at you <laughs> like your body doesn't go oh well I'm in a game and this is how this person your body goes I'm in danger like this is a dangerous <laughs> situation like the adrenals are the adrenals are off the spectrum so they are you're literally you deal with the situation then you come away you're like okay I survived like that is what is going on for you internally right and then you get to the end of the fourth eventually like and you don't have food like you don't have like there's nothing you're out there as long as anyone else you reach the end of the fourth and some team is after equalizing like in the last two minutes (laughs) just going jesus christ (laughs) you're there trying to think of any penalty you can to throw on this play just so they can't score you're like oh uh, holden i saw holden 76 yeah yeah 10 yards and again you're like the last thing I want to do is sudden death <laughs> of two hours to drive home after this like do you know what I mean uh, you can do it with four refs it's fine just <laughs> yeah you know like so I'm kind of like in the regular season I get it I know we can always improve and you know what's funny is probably probably all of the refs would be more than happy or the other refs well I don't really count myself as a ref anymore they'd probably be more than happy to go into to a sudden death for me I was like get me out of here I enjoyed the first quarter like the first quarter was lovely like, <laughs> that was mean? it I enjoyed my first 15-20 minutes and I was like oh fuck we got another three of these don't we anyway um, <laughs> anyway yeah, anyway Donegal the- 10 Limerick 10 <laughs> 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 oh Jesus, I tell you what, lads, we we do give you we do give you a right good listen, don't we? I feel like everyone would just have fast forwarded to. Uh, yeah, anyway, I feel like, yeah. Like there's uh, nobody. Like if we look at our stat or like our uh, our uh, metrics for for this episode or whatever, like there's gonna be a big chunk missing from say like thirty minutes into to fifty or whatever it's been. Like, I was just like, just what the fuck? Get 
Get to the games. <laughs> yeah, get get to the stats. Get to the stats. Get to me. Get to my team. They get to like, me. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, Vikings and, and Vipers, 10-10. Like, as I said, like for me, I just think that this is a really good result either way. I think both teams will be frustrated because both teams will feel like the win was there for them. But I mean, it actually, it just I just think it was a really, really good for both of them. The Vipers are probably happier with it having travelled uh, four and a half hours was it four hours each way and you know not coming home with a loss is you know it's a positive result I think Limerick will be a bit more disappointed they're at home you know you, you kind of want to win at home and uh, especially when they have a couple tough games coming up um, with myself included in one, two of those games I think they play us twice yep. in the space of a month and do they play Trinity again or, or uh... they do yeah so this upcoming weekend as I'm sure you know you are facing the Vipers in in, in the Viper pit and you have been part of a Viper smear campaign so you have Star Wars a Star Wars themed smear campaign and I have to say I just love the audacity like I love that they took your picture like pictures of of the opposition and put it into there <laughs> Yeah, so th- so they have a picture of they they have a picture of me at in training throwing a football in a red shirt, and I don't know yeah. if they're trying to claim me as one of their own by doing so. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, they have that, and I think they have also a picture of me, kind of like faded as like the hooded kind of a replacement <laughs> picture for like Palpatine or something. Me holding me face, just like oh, the Eagles folded, lads. What? <laughs> yeah, that's the picture. Yeah, that's it's the exact picture. Yeah. The Eagles forfeit picture, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, right? Star Wars celebration weekend. If there was any time to to put a Star Wars theme picture up. It was it was it was this week. Yeah, I think that was absolutely class. And um, yeah, I I think that that upcoming game is going to be a, a great little one. To be honest, I think it's going to be a great little game. Like it wasn't the scoreline that you had hoped for in the last game. What was it like? 13? 13 no, 13. yeah, thirteen. You know, ye haven't unfortunately played since the Vipers have. You know, and yeah. this for them is like a like a redemption, like, almost like a revenge game. Almost like a revenge game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the the games we have with the Vipers are always very good. Always kind of very physical games. You know, everybody involved seems to say at the end of it, "Ah, oh, yeah, that was a, that was a good game, wasn't it?" You know, everybody, you know, obviously yeah. you don't want to lose, but very rarely do we feel too much hardship against the other team afterwards. Yeah. That kind of way. Yeah. You know, where it's like you're, it's like a, like a friendly rivalry nearly. Yeah. Um, like there's a few, there's a few lads on that team that for three hours I won't get on with and then I'll talk to them afterwards and, you know, be grand, like, you know, so. Um, yeah, they're, they're always a great bunch to play against. Um, I am personally excited to see the facilities they have at City of Derry. Rugby club absolutely seems to be a good setup. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to play another football game. Honestly, we're three and zero. We played one game. I know it's crazy. We're we're past the halfway mark in terms of how many game weeks there are in AFI this year, and we've played one game. <laughs> we we've a tough out running now in terms of like the volume of games. So we're just excited to get back on the field and, I mean, hopefully, win every one of them. So. Yeah, well, Darren Busty Quinn there from Donegal Derry Vipers will be trying to pull an end to that, so he will. He will, yeah, he'll be trying, he'll be trying, to be fair to him, he'll be trying. 
Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Um, I remembered what the other revenge game, the other revenge game was that we couldn't think of earlier was Cowboys and Rhinos. That was it. The Rhinos coming back from the Cowboys after like a 30-something six-knit loss and taking the win from the Cowboys towards the end. That was that was the other one. That That's been on your mind the whole time. Even the entire way through your 20-minute your monologue on refing. You were there. Really segue. What's that other game? <laughs> Everyone loves the refs. <laughs> yeah, anyway, going down then to Division 2, um, the games that we've seen since Giants, not Jets 16. Big win for the Jets there. And again, Scott McLean kind of... Sorry, not, not to cut across you. Um, there is Trinity and Crusaders this weekend as well. Oh, we already did that. We already did that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, we did because it was supposed to... It was, um, it was rescheduled, so we kind of had it... Kind of had it covered in the last wee episode so yeah Giants Giants not Jet 16 um, great game and again Scott McLean like he's just a friggin he's a superstar it wasn't until the game the Jets and the Pirates that there was a touchdown by the Jets that he wasn't involved in and I think at that it's only one they've had one I think they're running back scored a touchdown and then that that's it every single other one he is either rushed in himself or has passed not gonna lie when, when that uh, when that stat sheet came in from them and I saw another another name that wasn't Scott McLean I was kind of like my, my heart broke a bit I was like aww yeah. the, the, the run the run lasted so long like it was gonna end eventually <laughs> but even when it happened it still hurt Declan Declan De- Declan Curran Declan Curran running back yeah, I think he scored once or twice yeah I mean in fairness like, I know jokes aside it is actually good to see that other players are actually starting to score now as well I think yeah. you know even if even if it's out of spite from the rest of the lads like this you know now Scott's good and all that but I want to be on I want to be on these reports I want to be talked about by the podcast yeah exactly it's like Scott stop but yeah it, it was it was I mean it was a big win uh, was it uh, this is from the Pirates game is it Antrim Jets yeah 30, 35 not but I mean it was um, rolling clock in the second half so um, it could it could have been a wee bit worse I think that the Pirates did well they actually um, I think shut them out in the in the second half um, so like the, the deep, like they did well in in that rolling clock second half but I mean um, for the Jets like it just it just didn't really seem to be much of a challenge to them at all you would have expected that going into the game in fairness with how both teams years have gone uh, I, I do feel for the Pirates because they're, like, they're in a sticky situation where like they're in Dublin and it's going to be very hard to recruit when you're in Division 2 and you have uh, is it four other teams in Dublin that are in a division higher than you so all of it like you know from off the bat you're already off to a hard a difficult start when you're trying to recruit players and then you obviously get players from Meath but that hasn't seemed to have done much less than what we thought I hope it doesn't lead to anything you know like long term where it um, you know like nobody likes to see clubs folding and clubs have folded under you know under less stress I guess so it is good to see that they're still keeping their season going and I hope that continues and into the future obviously but you know we, we've seen situations like this before, before where clubs have folded after the season because they just can't sustain it but I hope that's not the case and I hope that they can find um, a way to salvage the, the season because uh, I, I think finishing 0-8 could be a bit of a, a nail in the coffin type situation 
Yeah, and it's it's one of those as well because I know that the Jets they weren't too pleased with the whole rolling clock thing, especially in that division, which is such a tight division, um, and things sometimes do come down to the points difference, and that is what a what a coach, what players are thinking when they go into these games. They want to win by as much as possible yeah. to avoid any type of anything going against them. Do you know what I mean? But that rule those mercy rules I mean they are there for the longevity of teams in the league like it does no team any benefit to be losing like 50 nil. it doesn't do the league any benefit for teams to be losing like that so look it yeah I'm a, I'm a fan of the rolling clock In I'm a fan of like mercy rules and stuff like that and um, I'm a fan of the Pirates I hope that they that you know they're just that they're just enjoying playing that it's one of those it's like you said like they need to be looking to next year and kind of thinking about what they need to be doing in next year and just kind of enjoying this the remainder of this season as as much as possible yeah probably one of the more exciting games from the last two weeks the the Razorbacks and the Mavericks Razorbacks are starting to catch up with them they <laughs> are and they were so close I mean yeah. to be within to be within a touchdown away from beating an undefeated team yeah. when you already came into the year as an underdog I think I kind of said a bit about that on the weekly reviews on the all the, the admittedly slightly misfunctional website uh, that that is getting fixed so uh, for anybody wondering uh, we're not ignoring the situation it, it is being resolved as we speak um, uh, what was I talking about before I <laughs> branched off into into the into I put the admin hat on for 10 seconds yeah, and now all of a sudden I'm lost before that very important announcement from the comms team like, yeah 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 yes yeah, like th- this segment is sponsored by the comms team of American Football Ireland now um <laughs> yeah they, they came within five points look, they, they, look they've been playing really competitively they, the the rebrand for them has gone very well like they've you know the the um kind of they're a lot more active on the socials than they were um, yeah. which is always going to be good in, in the long term for your club the more you're posting the more you're getting out there more people joining etc etc um, they, they've done a really good job I, I think have they won uh, I don't know if to be class over that last time I think they've won more games just this season than I think they have since the club started yeah 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 and they beat the Jets as well I mean like that we spoke about that in, in the last um, in the last episode like and I mean like the the Jets were kind of like high in that division for a long time like you know what I mean so it's that was a big win for them like and that's kind of it's given them a bit of confidence Suntan Miller as well is back playing running back and saying like it's one of the best things about retiring out of AFI you know is that you get to come back and save the day like <laughs> yeah yeah the, it's like um, like you know in wrestling when like the good guy is getting the, the, the stuff and being out of him and like the crowd's like, oh no, what, who's what's gonna come in? And then you hear them, the, like the music come in, and it's just like Suntan just walking down in the gear in the yellow helmet, <laughs> coming to save the day. Yeah, I think I think like it's weird that like, like they have such a weird dynamic the Razorbacks. Like they have like a player head coach, and they have like a load of players from um, a neighbor and flag team, and it, it, like. Every basically every other club in Ireland is like no you're you're you know you're from say UCD and you play UCD flag football you're from the Trojans you play Trojan flag football it's like like you're pulling in from different clubs here and it's it's a weird like uh, like different skill sets obviously from from the two different sports like uh, Zach, like Zach uh, Appleyard 
the tight yeah. end from the Razorbacks like you wouldn't think like uh, any other club they'd, they'd probably say oh you're O-line just cause right but he's playing tight end and he's coming up with like he's really obviously because he's been played flag the last few years he's really like athletic yeah he is yeah yeah totally yeah so like deceptively so and he's making some big plays like I think he's, he's scored one or two touchdowns this year from uh, from Mark Thompson um, he's consistently um, gaining yards on like little tight end league plays I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past them to get to the shot to the I nearly said the Shamrock Bowl um, to the Division 2 Bowl they won't get to the Shamrock Bowl that, that's a spoiler alert you not heard it here year, first not folks. this year but yeah like, like they're, to be in to go from being basically like oh the the team that's gonna finish 0 and eight or one and seven to you know past the midway point in the year being in really tough contention for the second spot in the in the division two bowl game yep you know it's something that we've kind of got to commend the the background of the club for you know just how well they've rebuilt do you know how well I think that they are doing they are at a point where the Jets are now worrying about mercy rules because of points difference. You know what I mean? Yes. That's how well the Razorbacks are doing this year. Like, do you know what I mean? Their class, like, and I know it's one of those, like, we're kind of saying, like, oh, Suntan, going to save the day. It's like, I know Suntan would definitely prefer just to be a coach on the sideline, but it's like when your running backs are unfortunately getting injured, like, you you have to come, like, you do, you have to. You're not going to leave the team. You're going to get in the trenches with the team. I'm personally loving it. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I love when these, like, elite veterans try to retire like <laughs> they can't like they can't what are you gonna do like you can't not not care if you try do you know the amount of times I've tried to leave AFI like you can't like you start, you start caring too much about it <laughs> they just find a way to pull you back in it's like yeah there we go I'm loving it I'm loving all the Lions players going over I'm loving what the Razorbacks are doing I'm loving even like some of the stuff that they were doing should we serve Mike Ireland you know playing for the Razorbacks coming over from the UK on the weekends play with them like and uh, he's putting together that, that Seahawks, the Sealand Seahawks team you know it's, and there's a there's a good few Razorbacks that are playing on that Sealand Seahawks team and that's a good team like this is good exposure like for those players like this Razorbacks team I just I, it's just it's a growing team and what a fantastic time to be growing like after coming out of COVID like they're freaking class so they are that kind of I think rounds up all of the games that have been played. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what, like we really? we did get there eventually, guys. We did. It, it may have taken us. Let me see uh, a little background for you. I've been recording for eighty-one minutes. I don't know if we're. If the, I don't know if the podcast length will be quite that long. We may we may cut out a few bits, but that that's how long we've been talking and that's that's actually that's not how long we've been talking that's the thing yeah, <laughs> we, we were we were off air for about half an hour 40 minutes before this something that has come so I uh, we'll do it just for this week's games an anonymous source who I will not name um, has sent in uh, betting lines for this week so for anyone unfamiliar with gambling certainly not me <laughs> <laughs> Degenerate over here. Said that like a man who'd been who'd been stung. You know, certainly not me. He said that like a man <laughs> twice your age. Like, do you know what I mean? Nothing. I've nothing left. Yeah. Oh, actually, something. Sorry, just a completely aside from that. Have we talked about? Um, by the time this goes up, it may actually end up already have 
have been happened. The Centre College uh, Colonels coming over and playing. That is right. And actually, I for some reason, I had thought that they had um, already been here earlier in the season. I don't know why I thought that, but you know... Centre College, you know why they've gone to the Vikings? Why they've actually they specifically want to play the Vikings and 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 that? Do you, do you know the story behind that? Uh, specifically with the Vikings, no, no. So I'd love to, I'd love to hear. Yeah, so a few years ago, like Centre Colonels, I always want to say Colonels. Colonels. The Centre Colonels, they came over and they played um, the Trojans. Uh, that was the team that they played, which I mean made sense because Trojans were like a top tier team. You know what I mean, like. It makes sense, deadly. And they went around like all of Ireland on a tour and whatever. And I think they trained the Vikings and then they went on then after that um, to the Cliffs of Moher. Like, and there was an accident at the Cliffs of Moher where um, like one of the coaches got injured and I think two of the players got injured as well. They, they fell, whatever, because I don't know if you've ever been along the Cliffs of Moher. There are parts of that that are like pretty like close to the edge, depending on what path you're taking. But anyway... Uh, yeah, unfortunately, Coach Carter Connolly, who's their defensive coordinator, he'd broken his leg and he had a, a few other wee bits. And he was actually in um, University Hospital Limerick for like a long time, like for a few weeks, which oh, okay. can you imagine just the boredom? You're sitting there like, like his main concern was for the students. Like that was the biggest thing that they were the people he wanted to talk to and make sure that they were OK, like you know that's your concern you know but also like just there left alone with your thoughts you know what I mean in the university college um, hospital and in fairness his wife had come over but you know because of this and uh, coach Kieran O'Sullivan was a, a bit who's the head coach of the Wolfhounds but he was you know kind of um one of the first that kind of said like look lads this guy is is in the hospital very close to you will you start calling in will you start going and see him because it's just friggin tough like and you know it's just what you do so that was it like a good few Vikings went in you know in to see him how are you I went in one time and I was actually coming from home um, from Tipperary and I had been into like nanny and, and my aunt and nanny was after making like a big dinner or whatever and I knew I was going in to see him so I was like nanny look do you mind if I take in a wee bit uh, into this fella like because he's sitting there and he's eating like hospital food or whatever so she nanny you know nanny's a good country woman like you know not a bother go on for him in this like do you know what I mean like, and so that was it I you know I came in and I, I brought I met his wife and I met him and um, lovely, lovely people. Like, and um, I left him, you know, the dinner or whatever, and he had it in his own time. And he was so grateful for every single person that went in. Like, it just meant so much to him. But he actually wrote a card, sent a card to to my house and to my nanny's house, you know, saying like, "Thank you so much." Like, and you know, and it was it was absolutely lovely. So after all that and kind of the relationship that was built between the two teams through that they now want to come back oh, these years later and play the Vikings specifically and the Vikings I just think fair play to them because their you know their response when they said oh do you want to play us they were going like we're not like 
yeah. a Division One team. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're we're like Division, like, or we're not a Premier team now. We're Division One, whatever. And they said we don't care. Like, you know, the Vikings kind of going like this is going to be a bit more of a training set. Like, and they're just they're having so much crack with it, where they're kind of like you know they're putting up these memes like you know going out on the pitch. If he dies, he dies. You know what I mean? Like whatever. But like that's it. I I just think it's it's absolutely class. Like it's great exposure for both teams. The Vikings have phenomenal facilities now, and they're putting up a show. Do you know they have like proper? I don't know if you've seen it. They've proper goalposts. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to to go and play them myself. Just uh, like the pitch looks beautiful as well. Like you know. It's unbelievable. They've a sound system set up. They're going to have commentary. They're going to, you know what I mean. They've entertainment after. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Those goalposts are permanent. That is the permanent like home of the Vikings. Like it, it's unbelievable. Like and that's that's a credit to Bono and a credit to Lumrine and a credit to all of those inside the Vikings. They're also hosting the the European Championship in 2023 so we're going to get like great use out of, out of those things so I just think I think it's unreal like I, I think fair play to the Vikings fair play to Centre College like and it's just going to be just a really really enjoyable day yeah I'm kind of uh, raging that I'm going to be missing the game to be honest I would, I would have loved to, to go down and, and just watch like again like you're saying great exposure for, for both teams but to anybody who's going down like you're getting to watch how um, you know like an, like an NCAA college football team runs on game day like yeah. those are things that you can and I'm sure the Vikings will, will definitely pick up and will have coaching points from Centre College coach the coaching staff there but um, like th- those are things that you can transfer and kind of um, uh, you know adapt to your own team and to your own performance and uh, it's stuff like this that really helps um, uh, what's the word like kind of develop the sport here it's it's you know it's yeah. it's only it's only a positive really like whatever like if if you know what whatever way the result goes like again you look at say the rebels and the trojans who have played i think yeah it was it was center college that both those teams played wasn't it or uh, augustana or something like that one of them played anyway yeah but like the 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 point being that those are two teams whatever about the trojans uh this year you know like a bad year whatever you, you they're probably going to bounce back next year regardless but like those are two teams that have really good programs um obviously off the tr- off the field with the with the rebrand and the kind of the game day experience stuff for the trojans and uh just how well say the the coaching staff has worked for the youth squad for the rebels and and how that's transferred to their senior team like those are things that they i would imagine have picked up from um the college teams that have come over and played here so again like Limerick know that themselves and know that they'll benefit from this directly and I'm sure they'll um, they'll pick up a few lessons that can that they can transfer here and you know then if it's a case of like okay well they've seen it here they pick it up from them we pick it up from Limerick another team picks it up from and it's just stuff like that that will help grow and grow and grow and grow the sport here in Ireland because I mean look look even 10 years ago like the sport wasn't nearly as developed then as it was now it's really picked up and it's stuff like this that will help it grow even further so you know fair play to all involved for getting it set up that's that's all I'll say there upcoming UCD at Panthers this one's a good one uh, because the Panthers okay fair enough like people are kind of not believing in the Panthers like for me I kind of feel like they're the offense doesn't get going unless the run game gets is there 
the run game like Ben Arugulan is like an elite player like and he is finding gaps that aren't there like the the O-line you know the run game doesn't exist unless he's there like do you know what I mean and that's a that's a tough one because he's injured and I think he's due to be injured for another wee while but the only thing is it's like the Panthers they had a, a bad day at the office against the Admirals but they had that day was kind of bad when it got to maybe I think halfway through the third quarter you could see that they were just like right let's just get through this game let's regroup you know what I mean that that was kind of what was going on for them and it's one of those where sometimes when you lose that badly you and I do I do think like credit to the defense and credit to Joe Buchanan kind of like saved them from that that oh that you just don't want to get you know the point I'm making is that coming into this you could say oh the Panthers are off form they're, they're going to get rolled over like but you just don't know like they have fantastic minds on that team like strategic minds they're good at adjusting they're good at figuring stuff out they get wins where they shouldn't get wins because they can figure out what's going wrong like they play that game like chess you know what I mean So, and it's just one of those that I think that that day on the 1st of May was just bad enough that this next day might be a better day you know that kind of way does that make sense I mean I'll put it out there I'll take UCD in this one but I don't think it'll be a uh, uh, say 58-7 like the UCD had had or UCD had against the Knights or like a 35-0 or like anything like that it'll be it'll be close enough where the Panthers can say okay you know we lost that game a lot of people were expecting us to lose that game, but we played well enough that we uh, we can take you know like we ha- we have at least learned something. I-, I don't think I don't think they'll lose by twenty two points like they did against the Admirals. Put it that way. I think I think it'll be a close enough game. I'd still take UCD to win. Yeah, I would. I would still take UCD to win as well. But I do not yet feel that all is lost for the Panthers. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. Like a like a loss here isn't actually too bad because again it's it's something that it's something it's a loss that you can afford really. The Cowboys could be two and four if the Trojans beat the Cowboys, so you'd still be a game ahead, and you have a game in hand over them because you'd you've play, you'd, you'd have played a game less, so you're still in good position really. Um. Like, I, I don't think a loss here would derail the season at all. I agree with you, Joe, to be honest. And what what are your your betting lines then for that game? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I completely... I had introduced it and then I went straight on to Centre College instead of actually saying what... Yeah. <laughs> so I think I'll, I'll get the anonymous tips in here now. The line is currently set at eight and a half. So basically, if you're saying you're going plus or minus. So if you're going... Uh, if you say plus... Our Panthers plus eight and a half. You're saying that the Panthers will either win or they can lose as much as eight points. Uh, and then if you say UCD minus eight and a half, you're saying that UCD will win by nine or more points. I'm gonna say the UCD will win by two touchdowns. Oh wow! Okay, by two. I mean, I yeah, I can see that. I'll I'll take them at the eight and a half. Um, that was uh, sent in but um, uh, yeah two touchdowns would be a, a pretty I'd probably expect that to be honest it's it's going to be gas because this, is, this isn't going to be out by the time they 
play like you know what I mean this is going to be after yeah so we're yeah. probably going to look really silly really really good or really yeah we're going to have yeah be exposed <laughs> Panthers win by three touchdowns is that what you're doing you, you think that's absolutely not what I'm doing all, all due respect to the Panthers but I don't know although in fairness you could have said that about the Panthers Trojans game that's the thing and uh, they did they won by 29 points yeah, and it was a close game for UCD and the Trojans, you know, and it's one of those where Panthers will have seen what they need to fix between the last game and this game. Sometimes it takes a loss. Like, you can come away from, like, the Rhinos game and kind of go, oh, well, it was a win, you know what I mean? We're going to keep on winning and not really probably sweat as much as you should do, like, coming off that that Rhinos game and then in the Admirals game it's like okay no we 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 actually need to seriously address some issues here to, you know pertaining yeah. to our O-line so that game for the Panthers was just a breakdown I felt like on every level of the offense the, the O-line wasn't making the gaps like the passes weren't coming away right there was no run game I couldn't tell if the passes were wrong or the wide receivers were on the wrong routes or it was just a complete miscommunication like do you know what I mean so everything that could have gone wrong wrong went wrong type thing yeah sometimes it's not a bad thing to lose a game at this stage in the season especially after winning three of them you know what I mean it kind of gives you that chance to reassess and that's why I don't want to actually be too hard on on the Panthers after this loss because it was just a bad day at the office like anyway I'm getting dra- like pulled by that discussion point and I want to get back to the betting lines <laughs> just uh, just uh, just don't go into another rant about refereeing and you're fine I know yes stay away from the ref but the on the flip side of the ball you have UCD and they really haven't shown many weaknesses you know what I mean I struggle at this point to find a weakness somewhere in that UCD team I think that the Panthers will have a, a better showing but UCD are so on form right now that I will be shocked if the Panthers come away with a win and I will be somewhat shocked if it's within the 8.5 points I'm hopeful that it's not going to be a complete rollover I don't think it'll be a 25 26 point plus type of uh, type of blowout I'd say anywhere between 10 and 20 if I'd pick like a margin and again as we said that's not necessarily a bad thing for the Panthers at this stage in the season they can afford to lose this game and not have it impact them too much just as long as they you know as long as they realise that before and after the game if they do lose it's resilience like it's resilience like the thing is is most teams all you need to do is make playoffs just make the playoffs anything can happen in a playoff game you know what I mean just get there and that's something that the Cowboys recently have failed to show that type of resilience where it's like okay we had a loss so what next game all we have to do is win so many to make the playoffs like we don't have to beat every single team you know what I mean not every team can win every game so but yeah so you're taking you're taking UCD though the, yeah the yeah the, min- the, the minus eight and a half I'm taking there yeah next is Trojans at home to the Cowboys Trojans are minus five and a half so favoured by six points or more basically Ooh. yeah I th- I think that's uh, a bit uh, in my opinion a bit of a miscalculation by our uh, offshore equivalent of Vegas <laughs> Uh, yeah Trojans yeah let's not get into that (laughs) Uh, Trojans are favoured by five and a half points I think this is one of those again where you have to say well they could win by six points 
and that would still be a close game. They could win by seven points, that would still be a really close game. I think, especially in this game where both teams know it has to be it has to be a win for them. Yeah. I think that kind of lends to a more back and forth type of game. I think the Cowboys could probably f- slip in under that five and a half. So I would take I'd take Cowboys plus five and a half and I would probably lean towards the Trojans winning the game. Ooh. I see it being a close Trojans win basically. Yeah, and I mean like we spoke about that like spirit and all that you know plays into games and like this is a game that they it's their first game at home they're putting on a show they they want to win this so i can i can see that but i just i think just because you've gone with the trojans i'm gonna go with the cowboys on this one because i think it's i think this one is is a hard one to call actually Mm. but i think that the cowboys i can't remember we've been talking for so long i can't remember if i said this on the podcast or off the podcast (laughs) it's like coming into this season i would have said that the cowboys could potentially beat the trojans and that the cowboys are probably lose to the knights because the knights are strong in the o-line which is where the cowboys have difficulty knights are good at kind of shutting down peter lockeran which is what you need to do if you want to beat the the cowboys like whereas the trojans don't do that as much and the trojans secondary is quite weak which is a terrible thing to say do you know if you're one of those players and i go oh my gosh but anyway the trojans are a wee bit weaker let's say on on their secondary and peter lockeran knows how to take advantage of that like and um lewis alberto knows how to take advantage of it neil maxwell like all of these kind of downfield players it's where the cowboys are strong i can see the Cowboys doing that I can see the Cowboys taking this trojan. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility for the Cowboys to win this so I'm gonna go with the Cowboys to beat the Trojans straight up yeah oh so what I'm allowed a points difference am I I don't understand bets well the, so the point yeah so the Trojans are they're favoured according to this line by five and a half points so if you're taking the Cowboys straight up then it doesn't matter oh. so the Cowboys would be basically if you pick the Cowboys on that uh, betting line yeah. of plus five and a half they could lose by five points ah so if you're saying they'll win no 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 I'll go with that one <laughs> that's the one I want to go with is the betting line that's a better one is isn't it? Uh, that's the thing. Like as you said, it's a hard game to call. Like either way, I wouldn't be surprised of who wins this. It's, uh, it's that close. Like you could say, "Oh, Trojans will win," I'd be like, "Yep, that's grand." And you could say, "The Cowboys will win," and I said, "Yep, that, that, that's grand." Like it's that close, and it's that important to both teams that I think they'll both go at it. So I, I would, uh, I'd be like you. I'd be taking the Cowboys on the and have the little five and a half uh, advantage as well. Do you know what I think it will be? Right, and not to sound funny, I think it'll either be the Cowboys by a little bit or the Trojans by a little bit or the Trojans by an awful lot but not the Cowboys by an awful lot I was about to say like uh, like unless you said that I was like well that is gen- you know <laughs> they're either going to win by a lot or not do you, do you get what I'm saying with that oh, yeah, I get what you, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's like the Trojans like that they're going to have that atmosphere they want to, so they could run away with this game because it just could be all heart out there for them Like, but again the Cowboys need this win and they do have their sights set on playoffs and I, it could be over back over back you're going with Trojans on that betting line I'm going with the Cowboys on the same the same bet oh no no I'd be, I'd be on the Cowboys there oh would you oh yeah yeah I think that this could be like a within a field goal like it could be a three or four point win for for, for either team the, the five and a half point 
bit of safety if you pick the Cowboys would be my pick there. Even though UCD only beat Trojans by a point? Yeah, but I think we've learned this season that the triangular logic does is not is not the way to go. Like, I mean, if we're going by th- that whole thing, like Cork are national champions because, oh, well, Trojans were national champions and then they lost to the Panthers and then the Admirals beat the, the Panthers. So does that make them the best team in Ireland? That it should be like a boxing belt? <laughs> and you should, you should have to defend the Shamrock Bowl in every game. Yeah, yeah, that's from person to person. Yeah. Next game then, Trinity and the Crusaders. Trinity are favoured by six and a half points. So basically you're saying the Trinity will win by seven points or more or that the Crusaders will win or they can lose by as much as six points. I think personally that Trinity could walk away with this pretty handily. Just with how how well they've played thus far, none of their wins have been massive. Like, not to the stage of, again, bring up the 58-7 scoreline that UCD had at the start of the year. They've shut out every every team they've played. And now, obviously, Kildare, Kildare have uh, pretty explosive offense when they want to. They had that shootout with UL, which was so unexpected and it's weird like like with a quarterback like Jordan Farrell like he he could throw he could he could throw four picks in a day or like he did I think he did that against the Vipers and then the next game that they played he scored four touchdowns it's kind of like that gunslinger attitude will make make or break the game for you you kind of have to give them a shooter's chance in any any game because of that it's exactly what it is is a shooter's chance because they're so outrageous like they'll be there they'll be within their own 10 on fourth down and then they'll pass it like a deep yeah. throw all the way down the far side of the pitch and then the wide receiver down there actually catches it it's unbelievable the stuff that they do they're so hard to defend against because they do things that no team should ever do like and I think part of the reason why they do it is because I mean they play flag you know flat like they're like a lot of them you know are part of the Eden Dairy Eagles like and they're so strong as Eagles how they win a lot of their games is by going for it on fourth down like and nobody expects you to go for it on fourth down in your own 10 like, <laughs> like you better you better make the yard that, that's uh, yeah. nobody knows how to defend that like do you know <laughs> But yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I do think the Crusaders' strength is their offense, but Trinity's strength is its defense, and it's been so convincing so far this season. So I'm I'm going with the the Trinity betting line on on that one. I I'd take them by the six and a half. Yeah, it's just like it's hard when like again like so what I said about Jordan Farrell like he he could make or break a team uh, on any on any day but because of how inconsistent that can be yeah, it's hard not to and especially again like you said with how uh, how strong that defense has been so far um speaking of crusaders quarterbacks which i wanted to give a shout out because we've been talking about maddie o'meara that he and finn kearns are actually playing so finn kearns for anybody for context is a UL vikings player and he's now playing like pro over there um in what do we say ravensburg yeah, ravensburg razorbacks yeah not ravenclaw as we said before over in the in the GFL I didn't realise that the two of them were on the same team and Matty O'Meara is starting for the second team and he's backup quarterback um, for the first team and it's improving all the time and it's just absolutely freaking class to see what the two of them are doing there and they are coming up this weekend against the Schwapich Hall Unicorns <laughs> oh god say, say it with confidence say it with couldn't, couldn't have messed that up more what? that was correct 
I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Just uh, I haven't spoken German in a while. That, that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> Say it with confidence and anything's right. Yeah, yeah, that, that's... Yeah, so they're coming up against them. Like, these are the, like, the bad guys of the GFL. They're, like, the, probably the best team in the GFL for the last 15 years, and they are hoping to, to beat them, obviously, and hopefully that they do and it's fantastic to see our Irish players over there in GFL it's absolutely friggin amazing good to see again Irish players getting that exposure they're obviously doing very well at their coaches impressed and when when you're in again like we said earlier that kind of iron sharpens iron like the players out there are so good and so athletic that you learn so much from them in the time that you have over there so fair play to them for getting the chance to go over and uh, I mean hopefully it opens the door for, for more players to jump out there back to our own football here here in AFI. Oh, next one. Spicy little fixture this. The Minotaurs and the Vipers. What's your betting line? Well, the anonymous tip was uh, seven and a half points in favour of the Minotaurs. So if you were to bet the Vipers on the spread, it'd be uh, they could lose by seven points or less and you would win the bet or they could win and you would still win the bet. Uh, if you pick the Minotaurs on the line, they have to win by eight points or more. As someone who has absolutely no stake in this game whatsoever and is completely unbiased, um, I would take the Minotaurs <laughs> and I would put your entire house on it. As someone who is completely unbiased. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the, the Minotaurs in that as well. I like the Vipers. I like them a lot. I, think, I do think that Darren Busty Quinn is going to pick you off at some stage of the game. <laughs> I'll um I'll I'll get a picture of it framed and I'll I'll sign it for him if and if that does happen. He's doing something. It'll be a fumble. It'll be something. It'll be something anyway. He'll make your t- your life tough. But uh, yeah, no. Um, I'm going with the Minotaurs. I think she's. Yeah, I, I think you're you're hungry for this game. You're ready, like Jack Lynch and Alan Campbell and all that were at the flag training there. What was it two weeks ago? And they're they're on form. In fairness, and they're like you, like they're just raring to go. They just want to play a game, like so. Yeah. I, you know, I can I can tell that they're they're ready for it. Like so I do think that the one thing that we have to be worried about um, as a team is. Uh, game rust uh, that is a real thing it is it absolutely is um, like like you've seen with a few teams now that have had a f- had too long off come back to a game and been shocked uh, obviously the Vipers have only played two weeks ago so they're a bit kind of the, the kind of game also the, the feel of actually getting out there is a bit more fresh to them so and obviously being at home they, they have that going for them I know their quarterback was hurt uh, Mike Nolte was hurt at the Vikings game I don't know if he'll he, I think he's a game time decision I'm not sure um, obviously hope everyone's alright there yeah they like again when you're looking at the whole betting side of it they do have a few things going for them for sure um, again the home field advantage is a, is a thing even in a place where you may not have too many fans it's the travel that can kill you sometimes but I would still again as I said your entire house and your mum's house. And <laughs> your mum's house. That's that's where we're at on that. I hope I hope we don't look silly by the time this podcast comes out. No, of course not. Never. Everything that we said is going to happen because as we've said at the start of the episode, everything goes according to plan this season. I think that's what we said, wasn't it? We've said that, yeah. I think I think it was I think it was that. We definitely didn't say that nothing goes according to plan. No, that's what we said. Okay, so the following weekend we don't have betting lines for these. Um but the nights at the admirals. I mean, the knights are coming all like from from Belfast down to Cork. 
and then having to play a game against a team that is on fire right now it, yeah. it it's only the admirals you know I just think fair play to the admirals like what a return to form like how how do you do that like so good it's so exciting like that like they're they're just they're ready for the nights now I, I kind of think they're probably you know they probably are taking it one game at a time but like they're I don't even think that they're thinking about this game. I think they're thinking about this game and the next game. You know what I mean? That that type of thing. Yeah. So the Knights have been competitive. You see, the last few games. Like again, they scored. Like the Rebels hadn't conceded twenty-one points in a game thus so far this year until they played the Knights. Yeah. And they had yeah. they had close loss with Cowboys. Like they've been there in some games. So it's not like we're not ruling them out just because they haven't won a game yet. That should be stated. But I just think that the Admirals are just too strong to... Exactly that. Like, And I think the Admirals just kind of said, like, all right, we're done with losing now. Yeah. They have like some good players still to shine, like Richie Cronin as well, who's due back. Like, he's phenomenal. Like He was playing with the Wolfhounds and um, he, he was after injuring his Achilles and he played with the, the Vikings before that and he's just an absolute animal. Like, And he's due to come back into that roster. It's like things are, are looking good for the Admirals then. Their offense is after clicking again. Um, they're looking a lot more like the Admirals of 2018 and 2019 than they are looking like the Admirals of the start of the season these days. Like So, yeah, I'm, I'm sailing with the Admirals on that one. Ah. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to hate it. I knew you would. I thought, I thought the puns would be gone now that, you know, that we didn't have Robbie today. But you had to, you had to sneak one in there. <laughs> we finally got rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> Finally ousted him. Yeah, he's gone now. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> the Rhinos and the Trojans. Oh, I tell you what, right? I would really love to see the Rhinos win this game. It's just, do you know what? It's a bad old day when you're looking at the Trojans and the Rhinos. You're kind of going, I know, I wonder. That's it. Like, there is that bit of doubt. A little bit. Like, especially, like when, when everybody pretty much expected it was either going to be, again, like, like we said kind of earlier, like it's going to be 0-8 or 1-7. They've already picked up one win and they won by two scores. And the Trojans haven't won yet. They're in a tough game with the Cowboys this weekend. Or I suppose by the time this is going to be out, it'll have just happened. So I guess we're kind of we're projecting a little bit with this. Actually, you know what? At this stage, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I think I, I, would still, I would still go Trojans. I, I would I would say Trojans but I would not be shocked I would go Trojans as well but I'm going to use your line where it's kind of like this game is going to depend how the, on the previous game it's like if the Trojans blow the Cowboys out of the water then we nearly we have nothing to worry about with the Trojans they just come up against three very tough games you know what I mean or very tough fixed teams or whatever yeah. and like th- those days are behind them now do you know what I mean but if they struggle against the Cowboys they're going to struggle against Rhinos I'm just trying to think I'm trying to mathematics this in my head say for instance I know again we're we're, uh, we're going to be saying we're going to be talking things that may have already been ruled out by the time this goes out but if the Cowboys were to beat the Trojans and the Trojans then lost to the Rhinos Rhinos would be two and four Trojans would be oh and five they'd have to play the Panthers again they'd have to play the Knights and the Admirals? Uh, I can't wait to hear where you're going with this. You're after building this up now. I'm... Ah, uh, all right. There is a slim chance that the Trojans could be relegated this year. 
and I never thought I'd say that. No. Now again, they, they, they've only played three games this year. They've played two or three really tough teams. Like, <laughs> they could finish five and three and make me look like a right Egypt, but I mean, it's it's mathematically possible. That's what I'll say. It's a possibility, and like, it's 0-3. Any other team sitting at 0-3 you're talking about relegation fears as well like the Trojans aren't excluded from that chat so with that being said we'll pick the Trojans for the Rhinos game <laughs> we'll plant that little seed and then we'll say nah nah that's nah exactly we're gonna go with the Trojans because they'll, they'll be raging so yeah okay go with the Trojans on that one Minotaurs and Vikings so you'll get down to to see these new these facilities but will you will you win at them I predict that I will have a very enjoyable game because that pitch looks amazing okay yeah well actually I don't even know why I'm why I'm chatting to you like as if you're gonna go like I I forgot for it I, <laughs> if I'm gonna pick the Vikings exactly yeah so obviously you're going with the Minotaurs I mean that's that an interesting one for me to call now because Joe I do like you like but I also like the Vikings it'd be a number one versus number two or number three game depending on the how the results this weekend go so it's a top of the division clash if you will yeah be a good one now that'll be a good one Trinity Vipers ah snake yeah, I know Trinity Vipers I think will be will be a good one like the Vipers are gonna want to come back from that 20 not loss because I don't think they came away from that game feeling like they deserved that scoreline you know what I mean like that yeah. they'd give up three touchdowns only one of them was against their defence like the others were kind of like bus plays or those can always go either either way like in fairness to Trinity like they're very good at capitalising on the mistakes that teams make I mean you have to for me I have to go Trinity because head to head like Trinity have, have beaten the, the Vipers already like so I'm, I'm yeah. going to stick with that but I, I don't think a Vipers win is beyond the realms of possibility in this one either just to be interesting I'll go with the Vipers because it always happens around this time of year and it, it, it's a shame really that it happens to Trinity they have pretty good numbers especially to start the year usually because they're a university team they're kind of helped along in the schedule and they're given as many games as can be worked uh, before they end of their term um, and it, you know it means that players that are paying for membership get as many games as possible and it's not um, you know it's not like they're paying for one game and then they're yeah they've only gotten three games in the so far and you know if, if players stay for the end of this weekend for the Crusaders game then you know that'll be four games in halfway through their season but you know it, it like terms over and they always it's always around this time of year maybe a week or two after that players start going home yeah and that that becomes an issue then yeah. like I, I uh, we've said before how they had a really competitive first half in the division one semi-final with Craig Gavin in 2019 and I think yeah. I think they were actually on top at one stage and it was just because they travelled light and they picked up a few injuries game got away from them then yeah uh, like I think if they lose players the Vipers could really capitalise on that because the Vipers have a big squad like 
Yeah, they do, yeah. They travelled, they travelled, when they came down to us, I, I, and I assume it was the same when they went down to, to Limerick, but, you know, they're coming from, you know, it's a lot harder of a drive and a lot longer of a drive um, from City of Derry Rugby Club to Mullingar than it is from Belfast to Mullingar. It's a lot easier, a lot more direct. And they travelled, they travelled big. I think uh, you can get them at home and Trinity are having to drive three and a half hours Ooh. probably with a smaller yeah. team I think it's about 50-50 here I'll, I'll go Vipers Division 2 the Giants and the Mavericks I mean it's 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 the Mavericks until proven otherwise yeah I'm going with with the Mavericks as well um, I do think the Mavericks are losing a wee bit of momentum now I have to say is that the Mavericks losing momentum or is that the Razorbacks playing a really good game yes I, I think the second I think it's the second. I think yeah. it's the, I think it's the up and coming Razorbacks. You can you can see it game on game on game. They're going up and up and up and up. Whereas the Razor the Mavericks in fairness are, are and that's not disrespect yeah. to the Giants. That's just to say that Lowe have played so well up to this point that it, it's hard not to to pick them. A lot of the strength in Giants is that they're defensively led, but the Mavericks are are equally as strong defensively. Like Declan um, Mul Mulhivil. <laughs> after Mulhivil, yeah. <laughs> after like really shining in the last few games, he's a tall, tall man. Like it's if you're a quarterback trying trying to throw it downfield and he's looking at you, he's against you and he's looking at you. It's very hard to miss him, like, do you know, because he yeah. just at the range that that man has, like so that's just gonna be very difficult for the, the Giants um defence. And then the Mavs Mavs offense, like Brendan Sims is just I mean, he's he's running ragged there, like he he really really is, and there's a few of them there, like that we haven't even mentioned, like Dan Finn is another one that's, you know, come back after COVID and really just returned to form as well, like running like something unnatural. I do think that you know the Giants have some superstars. We mentioned him a good bit, like Ross McKenzie is just having an absolute season for himself on that team, and I don't think that you know he's going to make it easy. Um, for for any of the Mavericks, I think that they they will come away with that, with that win. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Are we done? I think we are, aren't we? That is. Uh, that is it. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. We won't leave it. We won't leave it too long before our next episode. We'll get one up before the June twelfth games, hopefully, or at least we'll hold ourselves to that. And hopefully, we'll get Rob back again. As much as as much as we laugh about finally getting rid of him, it's just not the same without without him. Very true. And then, I mean, we mentioned it on some of the previous podcasts, but we have a new distributor, guys. So please re-like, re-subscribe, and re-five star review the domestic game podcast. And tell a friend. And tell a friend. So that's all from us here today. Um, I'm Kelly Dwyer. I'm Joe Kinahan. And I'm Robbie Caldwell. Just to keep the consistency.